we talked about it last week. Daniels narrowed his recruitment down now to uh, FSU, Georgia, and Kentucky. And I believe since his podcast, Georgia has actually added two more verbal offensive linemen commitments. So at least in my opinion, it seems like <clears throat> the Bulldogs are full up front and I feel pretty confident in Florida State's ability to uh, win out over Kentucky on the recruiting trail for this commitment as things stand right now on a Wednesday evening. And I, I said last week, I said, we're going to have to bump the over under up to uh, 7.5 commitments for Florida State mm -hmm. in July. I mean, you know, if they're able to pull off these four this weekend, that would already get you there. And you're still, you know, I and Lester as a potential ninth in the month. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear. Go nose. This is Terrell Fletcher. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on FSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here the Spear, presented to you by NoGameDay.com. We are here live on a wonderful, fantastic Wednesday evening. It feels good to be back uh, after a nice week. We've had a pretty, pretty up and down one. Not too crazy busy this week. We've got a couple topics to go over, including some recruiting. We've got some commitments coming up that we are going to cover. Dustin's got us some good inside scoop on a couple of them that are going to be going down this upcoming weekend, including one that's going to happen on Friday. So we're going to go jump into some recruiting here. And just a few, we're going to talk Luke Cromenhawk jumping up in some recruiting rankings, Florida State's 2024 blue chip quarterback commit. We're going to talk Jared Verse, Trey Benson, and Jordan Travis being listed on some of these 2024 early NFL draft class projections and then we're going to talk some Rodney Hudson getting inducted into the FSU Athletics Hall of Fame and then we're going to end it off with some basketball and some indefinite suspension stuff VZ I don't know what you got going on over there in Leonard Hamilton's program but one of uh, Florida State basketball's top basketball players right now being suspended but before we get started let me introduce the guys with me this evening Dustin Lewis our editor-in-chief at nolgaming.com with me also is down below Austin VZ our lead basketball writer gentlemen how are we doing on this wonderful Wednesday a little hot up there in Charlotte isn't it VZ 96 degrees it's like I never left Florida Tell you what, these this Amazon Prime week killing me. <laughs> the, the credit card card is going up. Is it you I'm or your wife? Get a new credit card after today. <laughs> is it you or your wife doing this? It's a mixture. I would say I'm. I would Any say I'm good pretty deals you found in the in the efforts. Looking at a ring doorbell. Okay, for safety reasons. Yeah. Are you? Uh... I just don't like answering the door. I'd be on the couch and be like, what do you want? Get off my property. Sounds about right. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me one bit whatsoever. Have y'all uh, checked out the new uh, social media platform, Threads? Have y'all been on there yet? I know, Dustin, you did get on there after swearing you wouldn't last week. Well, when you get spammed by you 50 times, you got to just <laughs> accept it and do it. I've, I've held off so far. I haven't, I haven't caved in yet. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's any – there shouldn't be any rush for anybody. Not yet, although they did have over 100 million users join, but – uh, I think that's heavily because of Instagram connects immediately to threads for you. So it makes yeah. it fairly easy to make an account, which is a smart move by Zuckerberg. But And also you can't, you can't delete your threads account unless you delete your Instagram account. So they have effectively forced you to keep your threads account now. <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, heavy in uh, beta mode, it felt like. But for sure, Zuckerberg made sure to rush this out and get this out quickly as possible as now we have a Zuck versus Elon battle fight maybe potentially going on i don't know we've been covering over there on our mma knockout site so i don't know what's happening but i don't know it feels like the old twitter back in the day where you just kind of just tweet things and you're not really pushing stuff for business i see some other accounts pushing stuff for getting their articles out and whatnot but i think it should just be just you know screw posting articles or all these other different things let's just tweet and talk about us eating sandwiches and just took a shower type of deal i feel like well, you're not actually- you're not tweeting on threads you're threading well i mean it's yeah, the same thing. Not wrong. <laughs> Got to get the Almost. terminology down. I don't think I don't think Mark would support that. <laughs> Mark, if you're watching, hear the spear. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know why you're watching. <laughs> Throw us a milli. Throw us a milli, though. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's get started. As always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you're on YouTube right now, smack that like button. We've been having a lot of new viewers a lot of new commenters in the chats as we're heading into fall camp here not too far away from it whatsoever so enjoying all the new people coming in to hang out with us as we get prepared for a major gigantic season ahead for mike norvell and florida state seminoles in this 2023 season uh let's jump into some recruiting to start off this podcast this evening it won't be a long one but we're going to jump through a couple of names here that we need to keep an eye on with some potential commitments heading florida state's favor d lou i want to start off with ty hill ty hilton offensive tackle uh maybe a name that not much people not many New a while ago, but has kind of surfaced the last couple of weeks, honestly. But Ty Hilton, he's going to be making his commitment on Friday. D. Lou, uh, what what should we be what should we be watching here? This is a two hundred seventy pound lineman, six four, out of Florida. Um, not a crazy high ranking here, but we were talking about in the production meeting. You know, if, if Alex Atkins liked likes him. You know, you've got to respect that decision there as he's pursuing him. But uh, what should we expect out of, of Hilton and maybe a, a decision on this Friday? First off, let's set the stage here because Florida State obviously has had a really good start to the month of July, landing four verbal commitments um, over the first couple of days of the month. And now we're entering this upcoming weekend with, like you said, Ty Hilton committing on Friday and then multiple other targets announcing their decisions on Saturday. So, I mean, this looks like it could be another productive weekend for Florida state on the recruiting trail right now, sitting, I believe number 15 nationally, as far as recruiting class, according to uh, two, four, seven sports, I believe if they're able to land a couple guys this weekend, you know, they may be getting there on the cusp of the uh, top 10 in the country, as far as recruiting rankings. And then, you know, you're slowly getting towards that announcement from a five-star cornerback, Charles Lester at the end of the month, which could cap off a, a really good run here for Florida state. 
over the uh, next couple weeks. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes and how everything ends up. But, yeah, like you said with Ty Hilton, Florida State, got the last visit here, had him on campus that final weekend of June for his official visit alongside uh, four-star offensive lineman Jonathan Daniels. Obviously, that weekend was pretty jam-packed for Florida State as far as official visitors. But as you said, Logan, I mean, we've really seen him continue to grow in priority for the Seminoles, um, especially as of late. You know, you think back to June, you had Jason Zandamella and uh, Manassi Atiti both commit to USC, two big targets for Florida State on that offensive line board. I think with them kind of pledging to the Trojans um, over the summer, that kind of opened things up a little bit more for Ty Hilton and Florida State. And, you know, the Seminoles don't have an offensive lineman commitment yet in this 2024 class or trying to lock that down. I do believe Hilton is going to be the first one to uh, join the fold for FSU um, committing over Florida and Miami. So, I mean, this is a really big win for FSU if they close this one out over some in-state rivals. You know, that's always some nice bragging rights for uh, Mike Norvell and Alex Atkins. And like you said, I mean, not the highest recruiting ranking right now, but when it comes to um, scouting offensive linemen for these recruiting services, you know, I really feel like offensive line recruiting and to an extent defensive line recruiting, some of it is just a total crapshoot. You can't really project how some of these guys are going to fill out over the next couple of years. Um, If Alex Atkins likes an offensive lineman, I like an offensive lineman. You know, we saw Florida State take someone kind of like this in Chris Otto uh, towards the end of that 2023 recruiting cycle, someone who was lower down in the recruiting rankings per se, but someone that Florida State projects to be a player over the next couple of years. I think they see something similar with Hilton. And he's also a guy with um, a lot of versatility. You know, he can really end up fitting in on any any three positions on that offensive line, tackle, guard, or center. It's just going to kind of depend once he gets to FSU if he does make that decision. Mm, seems that's something that Coach Atkins likes, you know, covering him now for a couple of years. A guy that can work multiple positions or at least can be developed in that nature. You can look at Florida State's offensive line now, and there's a few of those players that Florida State has in their stable on that offensive line under Atkins. So uh, this would make sense. So we'll be keeping an eye on that. We don't have a time yet, correct, for Friday? for Not for yet. Okay. Gotcha. We'll be keeping a close eye on it. Make sure you guys are also following us at Noel Recruiting. Also, of course, at Noel Game Day. We're keeping you guys fully up to date, on time, right when it happens, commitments. Those posts go out immediately. So Dustin does a great job there make sure, making sure you guys are informed when that's happening. Sometimes we'll have live, uh, you know, how to watch type of commitment pieces going out for you guys as well. So uh, make sure you guys are following us there on Twitter. Uh, let's go into another name here because this could be a really, really busy Saturday for Florida State. As we talked about last week, this is going to be a busy July for the Seminoles before fall camp begins. But this one is one player that we talked about the last couple of weeks heavily, definitely after visiting. This is four-star running back, Makai Danzi. Uh, this this kid is uh, this kid's nice. This is a running back that Florida State has brought in multiple times. Florida State already has a 2024 running back commit, really highly touted. Now, I guess you could say underrated with what the rankings are doing to Cam Davis. It's absolutely ridiculous what they're doing to him. But uh, they already got him. Uh, Coach Yaks already got him in the fold. But they're going after Danzy here, and he's going to make his commitment on Saturday. We don't have a time yet for this, but a really talented running back that Florida State Mike Norvell wants to add to their stable. Brings a little bit of a different element than Cam Davis. How are we feeling? I I think we're feeling pro-FSU here. Dustin, you give us the scoop. 
this is another recruitment where you've got to feel really good about Florida State's chances. Um, Danzy has consistently uh, kept the Seminoles as his leader throughout his recruitment, you know, since the, the calendar turned to uh, 2023. Obviously, him being a local prospect right down the road, he's been a familiar face on Florida State's campus, was um, made that short drive over to campus twice during June, and Florida State was the only official visit he took during the month of June, which is a very important recruiting month when it comes to uh, prospects taking official visits to their suitors, especially guys that are going to commit in the summer. So I think with uh, Danzy's local ties, the fact that Florida State has made him such a priority for so long, I mean, he's consistently been the number two running back that they've been pursuing behind Cam Davis. I think, you know, if we think about it through, throughout the last couple of months, I mean, Christian Clark was on the board for a little bit, but it always felt like he was more – of an outlier. I think Jordan Lyle was someone that was talked about really early on for FSU, but Makai Danzi has always been a name that they've been on since they offered him over a year ago. So I think that, you know, like I said, him being so close to a home and FSU getting that only official visit in June, you've got to feel really good about the Seminoles chances going into Saturday to add another blue chip running back to this class. And I mean, man, the, the duo of Cam Davis and Makai Danzi, it really feels like those two guys complement each other coming into this 2024 class and beginning their careers at Florida State, kind of bringing that one-two punch that we're seeing right now at FSU from Trey Benson and Lawrence Toa Philly. That's exactly what I was going to say, D. Lou, is that it feels a little bit of a combination of Benson and Lawrence Toa Philly, just the different kind of attributes those guys bring to one another. Um, 6'1", 175. Uh, multiple offers at, uh, from across the country. Um, but I think it's pretty unique, you know, what Coach Yak's able to tell him saying, you know, that's what this state, this is what Florida State does. They're able to run multiple running backs. And you see that in games alone. But throughout a couple of years, you're going to be playing whoever's best that day. And sometimes it was Trayshawn Ward last year. It'd be Trey Benson. Lawrence Tofili would have a game or two as well. But and there's a KFC ad that just popped up here. Thank you, 247 Sports, for that. But, yeah, Danzy is is a nice, I would say, really athletic running back that Florida State would love to add onto mm-hmm. that offense and add to Cam Davis, which you already know what you're getting out of Davis. It's just kind of like icing on the cake and able to add some really solid depth with talent that's already kind of ahead and developed a little bit. Definitely. And, I mean, if you're thinking about once they get to Florida State, Cam Davis is going to fill that traditional – running back role, whereas Danzy projects to be more of the uh, tailback type where he can contribute in the backfield, you know, also get out, catch some passes, maybe get in the slot a little bit, depending on thing go, how things go. Um, we've talked about, you know, you mentioned his athleticism. We've talked about his speed a ton. I mean, this is, if Florida State can land this commitment, this is an elite speedster coming to Tallahassee, someone who um, is the the second fastest runner in the world and his age group in the 200-meter dash, and someone that is also going to be a dual-sport athlete um, at the next level. Florida State's track program has also been recruiting him along with the football program. So if he does choose the Seminoles, he's going to have the chance to do both right here close to home. Jump into another name, D. Lou, and we're going to go on the defensive side for this one. It's going to be a defensive back. I know I'm kind of going over – uh, Jonathan Daniels, but I want to save that one for the end. Uh, three-star defensive back, Kevin Levy. Uh, he's going to be committing on Saturday as well. Uh, what, what's the insight on on this guy, Coach Shurtambian, in his first year as a defensive backs coach? We're kind of getting a certain feel for what he likes there on his side of the ball. 
Uh, how are you feeling on this one? Are you still feeling like this could go in Florida State's favor? Yeah, Levy uh, just announced his commitment date yesterday. You know, Florida State was one of four programs that was able to get him on campus uh, during the month of June. I believe it was the, the second to last weekend of the month. He was also at Illinois, Rutgers, and uh, Louisville during the month of June. So those are some of the other programs vying for his commitment at the moment. And for me, you know, this is just one where Florida State, they kind of already have a an aspect running in their favor in that they have four-star cornerback Ricky Knight committed in this 2024 class. Levy and Knight are cousins. And, you know, during throughout this year, when both of them have come to campus, it's pretty much been coming at the same time with, with both of their families um, being there. So I think they've grown really comfortable about – the uh, the aspect of playing together at the college level, it's not necessarily something that they've come out and said is 100% going to happen. But I do think, you know, as Kevin's going through this process and thinking about where he wants to play his college ball, it's got to help that, you know, not only is Florida State recruiting him to come there, but he's already got a family member there, and that'll help him maybe be a little more uncomfortable out of the gate. But, I mean, he's one like Danzy who is an elite athlete, for his position, going to be bringing a lot of speed in if he does choose Florida State and, you know, probably going to be playing outside cornerback or a nickel during his college career. But someone that I would say Florida State has grown to love um, during this recruiting cycle. Obviously, there are still some other really high priori- priority cornerbacks on the board. And if FSU lands this one, they'll have <clears throat> two in the boat and Levy and Knight and also with that uh, decision coming up for Charles Lesser at the end of the month, that could be three guys in the boat. But I do think, you know, right now, as things stand, Florida State would take Levy. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. One that, you know, add on, add, add a little bit of uh, athleticism with some depth there. You know, there's some bigger names, Ricky Knight already being in the fold, but also Lester, man, uh, which will be at the end of the month for, could be the end of some fireworks for, july for the seminoles and Mm -hmm. adam fuller on the defensive side but uh one that we'll be keeping on keeping an eye on for saturday for florida state see if they're going to add on another commitment this could be you know depending on daniels which we'll talk about here in a second this could be a a really busy day on the recruiting side for the seminoles uh let's talk let's talk about four-star offensive tackle jonathan daniels a guy that's a local guy we've talked about him multiple times on here the last couple of episodes seems like Florida state has built a really good relationship very early on with him, coach Atkins, him being close. He able to him being able to travel quite a bit over to Tallahassee works in the Seminoles favor here, but he's going to be making his decision on Saturday. Uh, really nice size too. I'll bring his, I'll bring his uh, measurements up here in a second, but tell us a little bit about Jonathan Daniels and in the end, you know, where you think maybe he's going to be ending up picking his college decision. Yeah. If I'm remembering it correctly, Daniels was actually at Florida state the very first uh, recruiting weekend of the year, whenever they came out of the, uh, the winter dead period. So, I mean, that, that first week or second week of January, you know, he was out there at Florida state for an unofficial visit. And I mean, he's been, he's come back to campus, multiple times there have been some visits that have been you know canceled due to traveling issues but he's someone that's been back and built a really good relationship with uh, Alex Atkins and Mike Norvell and I really think it's going to pay off in Florida State's favor that they were able to get the final official visit in the month of June Um, we talked about it last week Daniels narrowed his recruitment down now to uh, FSU Georgia and Kentucky and I believe since this podcast 
Georgia has actually added two more verbal offensive lineman commitments. So at least in my opinion, it seems like <clears throat> the Bulldogs are full up front and I feel pretty confident in Florida State's ability to uh, win out over Kentucky on the recruiting trail for this commitment as things stand right now on a Wednesday evening. And I, I said last week, I said, we're going to have to bump the over under up to uh, 7.5 commitments for Florida State mm-hmm. in July. I mean, you know, if they're able to pull off these four this weekend, that would already get you there. And you're still, you know, I and Lester as a potential ninth in the month. So, uh, yeah, I still feel really confident about where Florida State stands with this one. Like I said, the coaching staff has been doing um, a really good number here on Jonathan Daniels. And then you've also got the current commitments, you know, mentioned Luke, Luke Cromanhawk before spending a lot of time around Daniels during his official visit. They pulled up to campus together on uh, one of the days of the trip. And I feel like that that cohesion between Florida State's coaching staff and also some of these commitments is what's going to help pay off in the end here to kind of get Daniels to uh, Tallahassee, which would obviously be a pretty big one. You see it right here, ranked uh, number 104 overall on 247 Sports. I believe he's still a five-star or right around that range on on three. So this is someone, an offensive lineman, that's pretty highly regarded across the country. Yep, yep. Just seems like a guy, you know, kind of an Alex Atkins type of guy and could work and develop him in second year. Could be someone that can produce and get on the field for the Seminoles. But, yeah, uh, you know, look at the size, 6'3", 280. Uh, you know, what Coach Atkins, Coach Storms can do with him as well would be very nice. He's a guy that can add in, and I think the ties there are going to help a ton. You know, adding in a little bit of suspense there, as he should, I would be doing the same way, you know, the last couple of weeks, you know, stirring the pot a little bit. Because I think just early on, it was swaying so heavily in Florida State's favor. He had to switch some things up, but that's completely fine. We would be doing the same thing on here. Uh, but, yeah, that that's one that we'll be keeping a really close eye on. So make sure you guys are following us there and also following Dustin on Twitter because we're, we're trying to get a, uh, a certain time on some of these commitments. So and this is a big yep. one for FSU. Uh, another one, too, that we need to – We'll keep, a, we'll keep an eye on. Uh, this is three-star defensive back Ashton Hampton. He's going to be committing on Saturday as well. Uh, what's the latest with him? Uh, maybe maybe not Swain so heavily in Florida State's favor like these other guys, but still FSC being in the mix here in the end. So this is one where FSU has definitely made Hampton a priority throughout his recruitment. But, I mean, you did see him take some official visits last month. Florida State wasn't one of those. He was at Clemson. Um, Arkansas and a couple of other, I believe Louisville and a couple of other programs for official visits in June does have one set up to December uh, to FSU in December, an official visit, but is going to go ahead and make it a a summer announcement. And, you know, as you can see here, Clemson, the uh, publicly perceived favorite right now in his recruitment, it seems like he's probably going to commit to the Tigers on Saturday. You know, they did enough to sell him during that official visit, but this is someone right here from the, uh, you know, local to the area. I don't think he's actually from Tallahassee because, you know, his father is Alonzo Hampton, who coached at Florida State previously, now is the head coach at uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff. So, but anyway, someone that right now is a local product to the Tallahassee area, teammate of Makai Danzi over there at a Florida State University School, Florida High, the state championship runner-ups from a season ago. And, uh, you know, he knows what Florida State's all about from his dad, dad's experiences there, has also been to Florida State as a recruit now, you know, a handful of times throughout the year. 
but he hasn't been back on campus since April. And I think that's something that's kind of going to doom Florida State here in this recruitment. But if he decides to take that official visit still in December and Florida State's got a spot at that time, we'll see what happens. I mean, Hampton could be a possible flip candidate. Yep, we shall see. We'll just see down the road. FSU's got the room. They've got the room. But, yeah, it seems like it's heading in the Tigers' favor and Dabo yeah. Sweeney. I mean, you look at it now, you know, you've got C.J. Hurd committed at the safety spot. Um, we'll see if that's where he ends up playing in his college career or if maybe he transitions to more of a linebacker role. And then, you know, you landed Red Morgan earlier this month. So you've got two safeties committed. I think Florida State, you know, maybe going big game hunting right now. Obviously, K.J. Bolden still out there uncommitted, planning to make a decision in August. Florida State, you know, feels like they've got a pretty good shot there. So we'll see how things uh, kind of unfold over the next couple of months. And question here from William on Facebook. We talked about this earlier, but Danzy and Daniels were waiting on the time and for the commitment there. We're trying to communicate on their side and get a time for those. So yeah. once we get a time, make sure you guys are in our Discord too, because if you love recruiting or keeping up with it, our Discord, which is free to join, it's heavy, heavy recruiting talk. I think that's our busiest uh, channel on the Discord itself. The link to the Discord is at the bottom or somewhere in the description on our youtube so make sure you jump over there i know you're on facebook william so jump over to youtube the link to join the discords there so uh you get fully updated on time when these commitments are supposed to be held uh one last recruiting thing and this one's going to be on uh, a recruiting part luke Cromanhawk you know continues to make impressive strides and this is only going he's only going into his second year d lou go as a varsity quarterback which is really impressive and just the way that he's been performing some of these camps along with obviously the late 11 really turning some heads turning some eyes and being like oh yeah that's 2024 quarterback commit who's only played one season on varsity is pretty good and uh shocked a few people there some of the analysts there were talking heavily about him and it showed he continues to rise in these rankings uh, we put out a piece earlier this week, but at least specifically to 247 Sports, he's now a top three quarterback in the 2024 class. Uh, you know, overall, a number 33 uh, recruit in the country for 2024 and a number seven prospect in Georgia. But Luke continuously making strides. We had him on our podcast a little while ago, along with wide receiver commit Camden Fryer, uh, those two really close and continue to work with one another. But yeah, Luke making making some strides, man. Moon up there in the rankings. I don't think this should really shock anybody. As it, it just really goes to show, too. You know, got to give props to Tokars and Mike Norvell. You know, their evals excellent on Luke. His ascension has been pretty crazy to watch. You know, you're coming up on two years now, I believe, since Florida State offered Luke Cromanhawk at a, uh, after he participated at a summer camp. And at the time, he was an unranked prospect in the 2024 class. You know, less than a year later, ended up making that commitment to Florida State when he was still, you know, someone that was being slept on in the recruiting rankings. rankings. Hadn't even started a high school game at that point when he made that verbal commitment to Florida State. So, yeah, I think this is a, a scouting job that Mike Norvell and Tony Tokars are probably going to put on their resume. This is a pretty good one. Uh, going back to what you said, number 33 overall on 247 Sports, number three quarterback, and then even high, higher uh, regarded 
on on three where he's ranked number 27 overall and still sitting there at the number three quarterback, but is also the number three prospect in the state of Georgia and compared to uh, 247 and having him as the number seven prospect in the Peach States. I mean, just his rise over the last couple of years has been pretty crazy to watch. Uh, completed 65% of his passes last year for over 20, 2,500 yards with 24 touchdowns to only three interceptions and rushed for nearly uh, 500 yards on the ground and seven more touchdowns and uh, led led Benedictine mil- Military School to their second consecutive state championship and only uh, two losses on the season. Now entering his senior season, you know, you, you got to think that Cromanhawk is coming back to uh, do even more during his final year there. So, I mean, we'll see how things go this fall, but he's primed for a pretty, pretty damn good senior campaign. And I mean, depending on how that shakes out, when you couple that with what he was able to do at the elite 11, finishing as one of the uh, top quarterbacks in, in that event, making the, you know, quote unquote elite 11 during that. And then also, uh, I think a lot of sites had him as the third or fourth best quarterback overall at the event with what he's done there what he was able to do last year and what he's probably going to do this upcoming season. I mean, we're seeing it right now. He's already on the cusp of being upgraded to a five-star prospect. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he gets that final star by December when he officially uh, signs with Florida State. It's crazy, man. Crazy. I'm, I'm really interested to see how he does this upcoming season, really with getting some training this offseason as well, and just can really building chemistry with his own team. But the experience that he's been able to learn this offseason and adding that into this upcoming year is going to be huge for him. Uh, and I'm just really interested to see that jump and then whenever he gets to Tallahassee, too, because it seems like he's able to listen well and get developed easily. And, you know, that we had a discussion last week about the 2024 quarterback situation, what that's going to look like. Is he going to come in and make an impact on that at FSU? When you're talking a top five, a top three quarterback, and we're not even into his senior year yet where he mm-hmm. continues to make these strides, you know, uh, it's going to create a really heavy discussion for us after this upcoming season, after 2023, about Luke and what kind of impact he might make on this team in 2024. I don't, I don't think it's crazy to say that, you know, he's not even close to uh, reaching his potential yet. You know, I don't think he's realized – what he could become as a football player. And uh, we're going to see this year, you know, going into his second year as a starter. But I think really once he gets to Florida State, you know, they're going to help put him on that fast track to development. We saw what they've done with uh, Jordan Travis throughout his career, the way that he's continued to develop, continued to improve. And now he enters his final season at Florida State as a Heisman contender. I think, you know, Luke Cromanhawk coming into FSU, if you – Compare him to Jordan Travis at their respective stages. I think he's a little bit ahead of where Jordan was. Maybe he's got a little bit more tools to work with. So I think he's going to be someone that Forest State's coaching staff is going to be really excited about over the uh, next couple of years. And he's also got that competitive mentality that FSU is looking for. 110%. Absolutely. And it's turned into a great bell cow, great recruiting guy for this class alongside with Cam Davis shutting down the recruitment. All right. So that, that ends off recruiting there. Uh, definitely a busy weekend. So make sure you guys are staying tuned to our socials as we'll be covering those commitments and hopefully we'll get some time soon and make sure in the discord to stay fully updated 
Uh, let's jump into a few little quick hitters before we go into some basketball at the end. Uh, we're going to talk some 2024 NFL draft as Florida State is going to have a heavy presence in this upcoming draft. It's It, it feels good, man. It, this is how it used to be back in the day. Loved watching the draft. Loved seeing where Florida State players were going to end up going. I always wanted some FSC players to make it to Pittsburgh, my favorite team with the Steelers. I luckily had a guy named Vince Williams who – Held it down for me. Also, Lawrence Timmons. Shout out to my guy, LT. But uh, now this year, I have a heavy, heavy uh, chance of getting a Seminole on my squad and looking forward to doing this. And one of those players, I hope I won't have a chance of getting him because it's going to be early. But Jared Verse is blowing up a lot in this in these drafts, mock drafts, projections, you know, ranking and at the position group. But Jared Verse, we put out a piece earlier uh, you know, this week about uh, one of them, there's actually two, one of them where he's projected number one overall, Cam Miller, who keeps up to date with Florida State quite a bit, who I believe, and I hope I don't get this wrong, he might be listening to this, but he's with Pro Football Network. I believe he covered Florida State in his past time, but now with uh, PFN, but keeps a close eye on Florida State and watches a lot of Florida State games and knows a lot of his players. Uh, he actually picked Jared Verse to go number one overall to the Arizona Cardinals. And, you know, okay, cool. You might think that's crazy. Number one. Well, how about number five, where an ESPN draft analyst Jordan Reed tagged Jared Verse as the number five selection to go to the Los Angeles Rams? I mean, it's no not much of a shocker. We thought that Jared Verse could have been a first-rounder after this last season just because of how raw, you know, the ability. The guy doesn't finish. This guy just continues to execute on the field, brings the energy. And we, we know who Jared Verse is, but for him to come back, continue to get better. Also, if he's able to have a fully healthy season too. He didn't have a fully healthy season last year. You know, D'Lo, you and I were watching him at practice. You know, that injury really hindered him in a lot of ways, and you saw it in games, too, where he had to wear the brace and just didn't seem like he was 100% after what we saw against that LSU team getting hurt at on the road against Louisville. Imagine a fully healthy Jared Verse for 12-plus games this upcoming year. Just Could you just see – could you imagine what that would do to his draft stock? It, it could be ridiculous, the stat sheet that we could see, but yeah. Number one overall, number five, it just definitely seems like no matter what, if things go well for him, as expected, he's a number number 10 overall pick at the max. I think top 10 is probably the expectation at this point. That's what Jared Versch had to be thinking whenever he came back to Florida State to uh, put a second year of film on tape. You know, like you said, last year wasn't fully healthy for a majority of the campaign, yet still finished with 17 tackles for loss and nine sacks was uh, one of the most dominant defensive ends in the entire country. And that was with him limited. And, you know, we heard Jared Burse talk about how he wasn't 100% throughout the season. We heard Coach JP talk about it before the spring, how he was uh, pretty much limited during practices throughout the weeks before leading up to games. He wasn't able to get practice reps, you know. And I think that kind of hurt him a little bit. And also not being fully healthy obviously wasn't the best thing. But now – He's gotten an even better shape than he was in last year. He's bulked up a little bit, which, I mean, I don't know how he's doing it. Jared Verse is a man on a mission, and we saw it throughout the spring. I mean, he it looked like child's play out there. He made it look easy the majority of the time I was out there. And whenever, whenever someone did win a rep against Jared Verse, it was something notable in our practice observations. I mean, we were doing a, a paragraph mm -hmm. on that. 
you know, that's just kind of where Jared Verse is at this point. And also with the other upgrades that Florida State's made across the defensive line, I mean, obviously Patrick Payton is going to be opposite of him. Gilbert, Gilbert Edmond coming in from South Carolina is going to be involved in that rotation somewhere. And then you look at the interior with um, Braden Fisk and Darrell Jackson, obviously Fabian Lovett. You know, I think having all this talent up front is only going to help Jared Burris because opposing teams are going to have to figure out who to double team. And I think that's going to leave Jared Verse one-on-one at some points or matched up maybe with an offensive tackle and a tight end. And, I mean, that's just not going to be enough to block him um, against some of the opponents Florida State has on their schedule. So, I mean, we'll see how it works out. But he's certainly in line, you know, barring an injury for an extremely dominant season. I'm really curious to see if his age comes back to bottom, kind of like what we saw with Jermaine Johnson uh, in last year's draft, where some teams were a little concerned that he's, he was already 22 by the time he entered the draft. You know, Jared versus 22 right now, he'll be, you know, 23 in six months by the time we get to the draft next year. Um, so I wonder if that's something teams are going to consider. And, you know, hopefully not, because as Dustin just described, he's as talented as a pass rusher as there is in college football right now. But that's what teams look at is by the time he gets to that second contract, he's going to be 27, 28 already. Whereas some of these other pass rushers that have all the potential will be, you know, just breaking into their 24, 25 age seasons. Yeah. I mean, I think we'll, we'll definitely have to see. I mean, I just what some of these NFL teams are going to be able to do with him and because he's still raw in a lot of ways. You know, JP talks about it a lot, you know a lot of things that he's still got to work on and get better at. And that's what I think the scariest part is. I think there's just a coach out there licking his chops and we'll say, Hey, I'll do anything to grab him type of deal. And one thing too, this guy just, just finishes plays and that's a consistent basis. If you're looking at some of the mock drafts, some of these analysts talking about him, he just continues to not miss a play and go after whoever it is, quarterback, running back, and he shows up for the big games too. And we saw that definitely in, against LSU, you know, Will Campbell, this is going to be another matchup for him as uh, come the season opener against the Tigers, which I'm really excited for, but it just went to show, you know, coming against a five-star off and tackle, you know, raw player that he was going against. He absolutely dominated. He bullied him. It was fun watching that up there in the press box, because that's something that I was noting on in our preview of that game, just seeing how that competitive advantage that Jared verse was going to have. And he sure did. Uh, and, you know, Will Campbell's no joke. Will Campbell will be a better product on this during the season opener than he was, against FSU this last year, he's going to be better. And I'm interested to see how Verse is going to combat that and what Coach JP is going to work around, you know, different schemes. But I think that's a good point, Dustin, with what's going to go on in the inside too, how that will impact versus play with the additions of, we'll see if Daryl Jackson's able to get that waiver, but Braden Fisk, and then you're looking at Farmer as well. And then, you know, love it too, who also wasn't fully healthy throughout last season too. So a lot, a lot of, a lot of things to that could impact Jared versus uh, play this upcoming season. Uh, just with, just with some simple developments from him, we, we could see a guy explode 12 plus sacks. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked. You get to a 15, 15 sack season. And you know, that's a, that's a, that's an, that's an FSU great kind of standard there for, mm. for the Seminoles. Just like what, how Jermaine Johnson performed during his one year in Tallahassee. And I think, I think last year, you know, a lot of his success came off of his hustle and his athleticism and his physicality, whereas now we're seeing him improve fundamentally. You know, his hands, his stance, his balance, 
that's only going to help him continue to improve. Another one that continues to get a lot of recognition, and that's Florida State starting running back Trey Benson, former Oregon transfer, is now being projected. I love this. I, I wish we could go back to whenever Trey Benson was being brought into Tallahassee. He was just visiting. Let's just say he was just visiting, and FSU fans were absolutely freaking out on Twitter. Just fast forward a year later, He's now projected as the number one running back prospect in the 2024 NFL draft, getting a lot of respect there um, from PFF. It, it's just crazy to see, but uh, which is still a really nice running back class, too, at least in your top three guys. I think there's top. I think there's five really good running backs in this upcoming class that a lot of NFL teams are going to like. But Trey Benson getting some respect here being uh, the number one in there. I'm going to try to bring this article up, but uh, I just think it's a f- hilarious storyline. And I, I think Trey Benson is, is still feeding off of that a little bit, which I like um, after being doubted coming into Tallahassee. He should, you know, have that have that chip on your shoulder still going into this season and show the country what you can bring. And we really didn't see that till kind of once he found his groove week three, Week four, kind of getting that rust off, took a couple hits there, was going more, you know, to the sidelines than anything, but ended up finding North. And man, he's just not the easiest. He's 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 by far not the easiest running back right now in the country to tackle. And we're gonna he's gonna be even better this upcoming season before the state. Cause like you said, he came in he came into FSU coming off that knee injury at Oregon, didn't produce a lot for the Ducks during his time there. And whenever he did transfer to Florida State, a lot of fans were questioning the take at the time, but he was able to go through uh, spring practice with FSU a little bit on more of a limited occasion. And we saw Florida State really kind of open things up during fall camp and he started to make some plays. But, you know, Trey Benson, he was still getting back to himself after that injury. And especially, you know, whenever he ended up asserting himself during that 2023 season and, you know, taking over whenever uh, Treshawn Ward went down with that injury and ultimately, you know, taking the starting job for the remainder of the season. You know, I think he was still getting comfortable um, a season ago. Now he had a fully healthy offseason, was able to go through the tour of duty, was able to go through spring practice and not be limited. You know, did have the green no contact jersey on, but that was just because Florida State was trying to, uh, you know, really protect him and give some of the other running backs reps. So, I mean, he's had a full offseason to continue to improve on himself and also a further year away from the devastating injury that he suffered at Oregon. And I think you've got to feel really comfortable with, with what he's going to provide for State out of the gate. He's an athletic freak. I mean, you, you think about, you know, six foot two ten and has legit track speed. You know, that's that's not common out of running backs. You can even you can compare his uh, his measurables to Adrian Peterson, who came in at 6'1", 215 when he entered the NFL. It, it's very similar, honestly. And if he keeps go- showing confidence in that knee and keeps running north-south like he did the second half of last season, there's no reason he can't be the first running back off the board, even with a draft class that has Blake Corum and Will Shipley and Raheem Sanders at Arkansas. There's a lot of great running backs, as there always is, but he absolutely has the potential just because of his size – and his athleticism and the measurables mm-hmm. to be that first running back. And I I have no doubt that he's going to have an extremely productive year for Florida State, you know, barring an injury, definitely going to hit that 1,000-yard mark that he came up 10 yards short of 
a season ago. The only real thing that I could see him see holding him back from being a maybe, I mean, maybe the number one, but at least a top three, top five running back in his class is is that injury. You know, obviously going to have some testing done whenever he gets to the combine next year. And depending on how that checks out, you know, you could see Trey Benson continue to move up draft boards or maybe fall down a little bit. But I think with what he showed last year and with where he's at now, you know, he's definitely fully recovered 100% back from that injury, which looked like it could have ended his college career at the time. And I think that's a testament to the work that Trey Benson has continued to put in on and off the field. And, I mean, you're just seeing that payoff for him. And another example of uh, Florida State scouting, you know, to go and get a guy who – what had a hundred career yards or not even when Florida State got him, and I mean, you think the same thing for Johnny Wilson in the transfer portal last season, going and grabbing two guys that you know didn't do a ton at their respective first stops, but Florida State evaluated them, projected what they could be, and I mean, look at what they did in Tallahassee last year. I think he could also be a little bit of a better receiver out of the backfield. You see them use Toe Philly in those mm-hmm. situations a lot, but you know the NFL is a passing league these days. They want their running backs to be able to catch the ball at the backfield. That's something he's going to have to improve on as well. But there's also special teams upside with him as a returner, which is something teams are going to look at. Two, I want to add on to, I think an, an offensive line is going to play a big role for him as well. And, you know, bringing in what they've added also to with what they're bringing back, you know, he's going to have be in that system for a second season. And, you know, I think to Florida State, really wasn't planning on building their offense, at least in their running game around Trey Benson until later in the season. Now going into this season, they're going to build it around him, their playmaker. So two, you add on what Florida State was able to add on the wide receiver room and tight end room. It just, you know, uh, I think he's going to reach that thousand yard mark unless, you know, you see another running back take some of those yards from him. But just looking at what we saw in the spring camp, uh, he, he, he he's added on size. He told us, during an interview a couple of weeks ago that he's going to trim off a little bit just so he can keep that speed. But he looked gigantic <laughs> at spring camp, which worried me a tiny bit. I was like, oh, did he add on too much? And then you see him bust it off to the side and he's being out of the linebackers and mm. you know, the speed's still there. And, and that's what matters to me. <laughs> yeah. If you're I able mean, to still keep that because you already know his physicality, you know, getting off the tackles and throwing guys off of him. Yeah. yeah, but the way he moves, and I think he was closer to more of like 215 last season and said now he's uh, at around 225 and trying to cut to 220. And he already had those statistics last year of breaking tackles. <laughs> Just doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. So looking looking forward to fall camp and seeing him uh, perform after adding a little bit of size and trim it down. And I, I think, you know, just off of what Mike Norvell is going to want to do with him, what he's been able to do in the past with his running backs. Now having what he saw last year, having that for proof and being able to work off of that, I'm interested to see definitely with Coach Atkins too being in the fold as a co-offensive coordinator. It should be a fun year for the star running back who is now projected as a number one prospect per PFF and Trey Sakema. Um, or Trevor Sakema. Let's jump into also another one. This one's going to be Jordan Travis. And this time, uh, this is also Trevor Sakema. Trevor, liking a lot of Seminoles right here. It's pretty easy to tell. But per PFF and him, they've got him listed as the sixth best quarterback in the 2024 NFL draft. And this is also just a crazy storyline, fast forwarding, you know, to what he 
it's what Jordan Travis was coming from Louisville. I think a lot of people forget that he was a transfer from Louisville, but it took multiple years for him to develop. This will also be an age one. I remember seeing Jordan Travis a couple of weeks ago. I think someone had tweeted, uh, how, you know, how long have you been in the college level or something? He, he had raised his hand to something feeling like he was old as crap. So he is definitely an older player. So that's going to limit him a little bit in this class. And, you know, you've also, this is a heavy stacked, talented quarterback class, but mm-hmm. still being ranked number six. And before going into his last season at Florida state, I think is just a, a really, really cool situation for him. But uh, multiple quarterbacks ahead. I'm trying to get that list up right now. I was going to ask, you happen to know – I mean, obviously, yep. Caleb Williams is going to be Caleb, there. Yeah, I think May. Caleb and Drake is number two. I'm trying to bring up the rest of this. I'm trying to bring up our article, but our article doesn't list the uh, other job. quarterbacks in there. So. Who wrote that? <laughs> yeah, who wrote – kind of, Oh, that's Cade. Cade. He's a, <laughs> a newbie. Cade's a newbie. I know the cat back here is stealing the show. She will not leave ever. Um, she's sitting in the background here. Well, try and figure that list out. I'm but finding it now. I would say around six. I mean, makes sense entering the preseason. Like you said, I think you know some NFL teams will probably uh, count his age against him moving into that pre-draft process where you're comparing him to some of these other guys who are you know maybe two years younger or so, especially. You know, I'm not sure Caleb Williams, he's only going into his third year. And then you've got Travis now entering his uh, sixth year at the college level. So, I mean, there's a significant age gap there for sure. But I also think that uh, with the trajectory that Jordan's on, you know, there's an argument to be made that he hasn't reached his full potential yet. He's still getting better as a passer. And, you know, I'm interested to see what aspects of his game he continues to uh, take steps forward in this year. Because every every year, I mean, we've seen a better version of, of Jordan Travis last year was the breakout version. And uh, this year might be the Heisman version. And, the, and there's going to be teams that look at the measurables and the size and go, Oh, he's a little bit smaller and slider than your prototypical NFL quarterback these days. It, it is what it is. There's, there's some teams that still have that old school thinking when it comes to QBs. Mm. All right. So I've got the list here and I'm this number three. So Caleb Williams, number one, Drake may number two, Bo Nix from Oregon. Number three Which here. I just don't buy. I don't buy it yet. I really don't. I'm sorry, but Me- I mean measurables. That would be the only yeah, thing. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's one of those where it's it's just a physical trait quarterback. That's what he is. Yeah, uh, Michael Penix, Jr. Still, I've got some question marks for him. Riley Leonard, Youngs. We're gonna see what how his sophomore season goes. He's measurables. Number- He's got the measurables. Yeah, listed at number five, and then Jordan Travis at number six. Quinn Ewers is behind him, though, from Texas at uh, number seven. Jaden Daniels from LSU at number eight. Mm. K.J. Jefferson from Arkansas. Uh, talk about measurables there. Uh, he's at number nine, and number 10 is Michigan's J.J. McCarthy. I, you know, that, that top five is interesting. I mean, you know, the Bo Nix one. The, the one and two are pretty much set in stone no matter where you look. It's three through seven yeah. where just everybody's got something different. You know, I've seen J.J. McCarthy as high as three and as low as 12. Like, it's like the quarterback greens are all over the place right now for these guys in the 24 class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is going to create – I mean, depends, too, on how they perform this upcoming season, too. But it's going to create for a fun mock draft on the computer 
for mm. a lot of these guys, these analysts that are doing this for the quarterbacks this upcoming 2024 NFL draft because there's just so many different prospects. Just depends on what you like and whatever system an offensive coordinator feels like is going to fit their team the best. But I'd really, I'd really like to. We will do this as it goes on, but just trying to figure out what maybe team would like Jordan Travis. What would fit fit the offense the best would be a fun discussion to have. For sure. I think I think Caleb Williams and Drake May, you know, pretty set in stone. Both those guys are talented. Bo Nix, I, I want to see how he responds with Kenny Dillingham moving uh, over to Arizona State, having to uh, have a new offensive coordinator yet again in his career. And then Riley Leonard, you know, we'll see if he continues to realize his potential. FSU fans will get a chance to see him up close and personal whenever uh, Duke comes to town. Which will probably be a pretty big game for the scouts too. Yeah. Yeah, it will be. Uh, I want to mention one last thing here before we get into Chandler Jackson's uh, suspension. Just going to hit a quick 180 here real quick. But Rodney (laughs) Hudson is going to be inducted into the FSU Athletics Hall of Fame. I think some people might have forgotten that he was still playing, playing. Uh, but absolute beast, as we know, offensive lineman. He's at 34 years of age, um, played for the Seminoles. Uh, now, if I get these years right, then I'm for a young for a young buck here. Then I'm I'm on one. But I believe would be back in 2000 2000 uh, 2007 2007. I believe is whenever he came in as a freshman. Did you not look it up before you started talking about it? Say, I mean, you got it, but I think so. Yeah, <laughs> you, you did get it. But yes, I've got it. Yeah. I've got his. I've got his NFL teams down. But yeah, came to Florida State 2007. Uh, played for the Kansas City Chiefs. Played with the Oakland. I guess you can say Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders, but Oakland Raiders, and then also the Arizona Cardinals for practically a season. But uh, second team All Pro three times. Three-time Pro Bowler, first-team All-American in 2009 at Florida State, uh, three-times first-team All-ACC from 2008 to 2010, uh, unanimous All-American 2010, so everything, man. Uh, Jacob's blocking trophy. Yeah, yeah. Absolute legend. Absolute legend. More more than deserves it. One One of the best offensive line products ever come through Florida State, arguably the best after Walter Jones, the best center, for sure. Yeah, you could you could definitely say he's the best interior offensive lineman to come through Florida State. Now we got Stork number two. Let's tell him. Let's bring Brian on. Now he would he would he would gladly agree. <laughs> I think Brian would come on here. Yeah, he'd, he'd be happily like number two behind Rodney. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, he played. He played with Rodney for a season or two. So I mean, I'm sure he could attest just how good he was. Mm-hmm. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. So congratulations to Rodney Hudson. It'd be great to get him now that this this man is retired. It'd be great to get him on the podcast and interview him. That would be really fun. Definitely with talk about some coach Atkins and what Florida State's doing on the offensive line right now and the current current status, but having him come on and talk about his career, definitely in the NFL, highly, highly touted and highly respected in the league mm-hmm. at his position. 
Um, and outside well. of and outside of Hudson, eight other prominent Florida State athletics figures get inducted into the Hall of Fame as well. Shout out, Coach Semro. Yep, Coach Sue getting inducted as well. Absolute legend of what she did too for women's basketball in Tallahassee. Uh, let's talk about some indefinite suspensions. <laughs> <laughs> don't say don't say suspensions as one. Okay, for now. Um, for now, don't, Jesus don't, Christ. Don't, don't make it worse than it has to be. <laughs> Jeez, but yeah, Chandler Jackson, one of Florida State's best players this past season, I would say. I wouldn't say. I mean, if there if there was, if, I mean, I, I could go even best young I'm, best young players. You got to put a yeah, I would say tag that. on it. You know, like a promising player. Yeah. Promising player. Yeah. Promising player for Florida State. Suspended indefinitely. VZ, thoughts on this and what's going down here? I don't know. I know we can't run into specifics on this suspension. Yeah, it's but... it's going to be interesting to see if anything officially gets announced about it. Um, I'm not expecting it to be anything legally related. We'll, we'll see. It's just, especially with Hamilton, you, you don't really see him make these kind of loud announcements in early July. He usually likes to keep things close to the vest for as long as possible and then just play it game by game. For it to happen in, you know, middle of summer when they're really just doing summer workouts, to me it's more of a warning shot than anything. Like, hey, you need to get some things aligned first before we can move forward. But ho- hopefully Chandler Jackson get it figured out. He he was, you know, like we mentioned, the best young player on the team last year. And I think he's got a really, really bright future in this game. But you know, maybe just has to get some things worked out. Yeah, with the way this was publicized, it it really felt like Leonard Hamilton yelling at Chandler Jackson to uh, get back in line and figure it out before the season actually gets started. Especially, like you said, with this happening all the way in July, you know, basketball still a couple months away from even being played. But uh, Chandler Jackson, I mean, with the transitions that Florida State is going through and some of the guys they lost last year, He's expected to play a big role for Florida State this upcoming 23-24 season. Someone that has a ton of potential there at that point guard spot with uh, exceptional size for the position and showed some real promise, like you said, last season. Still growing into his game, though. And, you know, I think he's going to be a heck of a defender as well. But as he continues to uh, figure things out, you know, it's going to be important for him to be committed to Florida State on the court, obviously, but also off the court. And like I said, I think this is Leonard Hamilton the uh, FSU coaching staff sending a, a little bit of a message here. I can, I honestly can't recall a time when Hamilton suspended a player in the summer. I, at, I don't at think least, that happened. And I mean, I'm sure that this stuff kind of stuff has happened before, but it's normally not something that this program is going to publicize. You know, Leonard Hamilton does a lot of his stuff behind closed doors. So for him to decide we're going to put out a public message that Chandler <laughs> Jackson is indefinitely suspended. Sounds like a warning shot. Yeah, hopefully it gets figured out before the season. You know, if this goes, you know, a few weeks into the season, then it's something to be worried about. But for now, I'm kind of just taking what comes with it, honestly. Yeah. I'm not going to say I had something like, no, I didn't get, I don't know, I didn't get suspended. But, you know, high school, (laughs) got to have a little slap on the wrist a little bit, make sure we're focused, make sure we're getting our homeworks and studying for our tests done. You know, sometimes you got to have a little wake up. That's fine. That's how it goes. Comes. Logan was indefinitely suspended. From no, I was never indefinitely yeah, I, suspended. I, no, I didn't know this one. That's new. 
I did not get suspended. I just had like a little, <laughs> hey, you ain't going to be playing or doing nothing until you make sure. Well, they you told play. you that anyway. I didn't play. I couldn't play. <laughs> that was all right. Sophomore year. Very good. <sighs> Anyways, yeah, I learned they my did, lesson. They didn't let him play, guys. Uh, then I uh, learned my lesson. It's because he was suspended. Yep. I, actually, that's how I should use it. <laughs> I didn't play much because I was in, I was indefinitely suspended. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's going to wrap up the show. Busy recruiting weekend on Saturday. So if you guys are just joining us now, make sure you go to the beginning of this podcast. Got some commitments coming from most likely in Florida State's favor. Before y'all jump off of here, we got over 100 on YouTube. If you guys would hit the like button before you guys leave, uh, it would be greatly appreciated, over 50 likes. So I appreciate y'all hanging out with us this evening. We will have another episode next Wednesday at the same time at 7 o'clock. We'll be recapping some of these commitments and where these recruits end up picking their future home. So that will be fun. And then we're inching closer and closer and closer to fall camp. I'm at the point now where I'm just ready to get there, you know, with us dropping out some fall camp previews and position groups stuff and some in-depth things. I'm just like, hey, let, let's just go and get this thing going. So we're not too far away from it, guys. I know everybody's itching for it, but enjoy the last couple of weeks of summer. I know I am, but we'll be here next Wednesday. Nonetheless, appreciate y'all. As always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Hit the subscribe button on those platforms so you get notified every time we release a new episode. Drop a like before you head out. And uh, yeah, anything else, gentlemen, from your, your side? Anything? None. All right. Sounds good to me. All right, everybody. Have a great rest of y'all's week. Peace. Not the same word.